Hi and welcome to the show. This is episode 15 of Roy's Rocket Radio and it's going out on the 18th of June 2013. Um, so, hi again everyone. Um, if you've been following my blog you'll notice how busy I've been. Uh, the blog at RoyMatur.com R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R dot com uh, Star Adventure magazine uh, which I am editing now has seven exciting short stories and it's totally free to read um, if you're interested um, cover everything from science fiction to fantasy, horror uh, pulp style stories um, with a good dose of giallo um, and you can find that over at staradventurer.com um, so what's new with me? Um, well, the recent deaths of Ian M. Banks, as well as a couple of uh, recent family deaths, has definitely spurred me on. And by the time you hear this, I should be well into Chapter 2 of a grand, but as yet unnamed, space opera. Um, I'm still writing short stories, but the main focus of writing at the moment is to get this novel finished um, in a month or two, and then out to some agents literary agents um, you know, Tempest Fugit and all that and uh, <laughs> on the morbid subject of death um, uh, also Ray Manzarek uh, of The Doors just died recently uh, so guess what I've uh, cracked out my teeny tiny Korg mini keyboard and not that I'm going to be the new Ray Manzarek or anything perish of thought I can barely uh, string two notes together but it's plugged in now and I'm attempting to play it properly as well so Scott isn't uh, with us this week um, I didn't have time to organise anything and having guests uh, on the show takes uh, a bit of preparation but he'll be back on for sure sometime in the near future so stay tuned um, it's always fun having a second person on if, if for nothing else just simply to argue with um, so uh, any other personal news um, well if you've read the blog you've noticed that um, I'm looking for work and my ongoing saga with the amazingly talented DWP to get any kind of support whatsoever has not been going well um, but you know I'm one of millions of people struggling at the moment so enough said right uh, what else um, I'm also now a member an official member of the NUJ I've got my press card application form in front of me got to fill it in either today or tomorrow and send it off and then I'll be a fully accredited member of the press terrifying isn't it um, and yep then I'll be more than just a bloke who writes a bit um, I've, I've got a sudden desire to, to buy a fedora though I always have a desire to wear a fedora no matter what the occasion but now I've got you know I've got to buy something put it on my head stick, stick a press card in the hat band um, I mean, the only thing that's stopping me is that the cards are far too valuable to, to be sticking in a hat band. And uh, I'd probably be laughed at as well. But maybe I'll do that in private. I'll just walk around wearing my fedora with the press card stuck in it. Uh, oh well. So, uh, now on with the show. 
A uh, good few movies to get through this week. Uh, some new, some old. We've, mainly because we may have missed talking about them before. Um, you know, it's difficult keeping up with two blogs, a podcast, writing and editing, all of, and keep it all going at the same time. Um, and talking about the uh, Korg uh, Nano Key MIDI keyboard, uh, well, I've got it plugged in. It's all fired up. It's uh, also plugged into a couple of VST synths. Uh, we can talk about that in some other podcast because I don't have time to do it now. But what it really means is I can do this. Ha! You weren't expecting that. Annoying, isn't it? I'll, I'll do it again. childish I know but you need sound effects in uh, what's largely a genre based podcast okay and on to the movies uh, right seen quite a lot since the last podcast first of all a good day to die hard now I was expecting more of John Mc the, the old John McClane magic but uh the Willis unfortunately had to take a back seat to some strapping young meathead and the whole thing descended into Rambo, which is, of course, entirely not the point of Die Hard. Complete idiots, the production team or whoever's behind this new Die Hard. Complete idiots. McLean is not Rambo. I mean, watch the movies. He's just a clever, albeit very tough, uh, bloke who takes down the bad guys by being cleverer and more daring than them. You know, he's not The Rock. Um, now, I've heard complaints that too many old action heroes are coming out of the woodwork embarrassing themselves. Well, you know, so what? People do get older. Maybe as they get older, they need to uh, do their thing differently. Doesn't mean they're, that they're over the hill. Conan did... Oh, sorry, Conan Doyle did it with Holmes. Um, Agatha Christie did it with Poirot, so why not John McClane? Next, we have Dark Skies. Um, now, isn't this movie just so reminiscent of Spielberg's Poltergeist M.E.T.? Um, still, it's not, not an awful film, just not that scary or memorable. Um, it's a good, good Saturday morning uh, fair. Um, at least it would be in my home, but then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm kind of weird. Um, so, um, worth a watch. Uh, right, I finally got round to seeing Halo 4, Forward Unto Dawn. Uh, it's 2012 film. Sorry, the previous two films, 2013. This is 2012. Um, so I'm not a big player of the game, but I've played it once or twice, so I've read up on the plot, so I know the basics. Um, it's acceptable military sci-fi, uh, although I'm not a big fan of military sci-fi, apart from Joe Haldeman, who is God, of course, um, but that's more like anti-war sci-fi. Uh, but back to the subject, Halo 4. Uh, Halo, sorry, did I say Halo 4? Hello Kitty 4. No, I meant Halo 4. Right, uh, where was I? I lost my thread completely now. That's what, that's what happens when you haven't got a guest to fill in the gaps. Um, right, so 
like I said, accept perfectly acceptable military SF. Uh, I liked the Master Chief. Uh, they tried to get him to be a bit mysterious, though he could have been a bit more mysterious and a little less heroic. Um, but then I prefer anti-heroes anyway. Um, one annoying thing is, um, and I've complained about this before, but it's, it's probably my problem more than anyone else's, is that they use the SFU campus in Burnaby, British Columbia. SFU, uh, Simon Fraser University campus. Uh, and they've used this campus uh, as the main set for the military school in this movie. Um, but this is a place I know far too well from, from working there and using their library. And uh, it's very overused in many sci-fi productions, uh, including most famously uh, BSG. And um, the sequel to BSG, Caprica. Um, but that's Brollywood in general anyway. Uh, sorry, Brollywood is... Uh, uh, what people call Vancouver. Uh, right, uh, let's see what's next. The reason I keep pausing is I'm squinting. <laughs> Apparently my eyesight has got better, so my astigmatism isn't as pronounced, but I still need the glasses. And unfortunately that means now I'm starting to get a bit farsighted. <laughs> Great. Okay. So, next film, No One Lives. Uh, this WWE movie, uh, the wrestling people, uh, who also do movies now, it is about a bunch of thugs who kidnapped the wrong guy. Uh, I mean, they kidnapped the really, really wrong guy. It's a bloody pulp thick, flick, thick. <laughs> Sorry about this. Flick. With a great but really obvious twist that you can easily see coming. You can see it coming a mile mile off, but um, it's still not bad. Um, my only real uh, problems, gripe with this movie, is a fight scene at the end, uh, which simply looks like uh, a cranked up wrestling match. You know, no surprise there, it's from the WWE, but you would have thought they could get some uh, more original fight choreographers. Maybe they're just using in-house guys, I don't know. Maybe Triple H is, um, you know, choreographing it. Uh, let's see. Uh, losing my thread again, trying to read through my notes. Okay, the wrestling match, yep. Um, and the other major, major gripe, worse than the wrestling match. Now, um, <laughs> there's a really stupidly long shower scene. Um involving one member of the female cast. Now, it's stupid, not because it's exploitative or it's gratuitous. You know, I could understand that. I mean, um, in this genre of uh, pulp, grindhouse, that's what do you expect. Ah, sorry about that, my screensaver just kicked in. Oh, God. The quality of the studio. Actually, talking about... Let, let me digress for a moment. Leave, leave the film behind. I'll come back to the shower scene. There's something I've got to tell you. As you know, I have a lisp, and um, it's a bit of a problem. I process my uh, podcast through a filter called Spitfish, which only partially works. 
Um, so now I've tried something else. I have actually got my iPhone, with which I'm recording the podcast, wrapped in a sock and an elastic band, and then the uh, isolation stand um, slash uh, height adjustment thingy for the mic, iPhone, wrapped in a sock, is a stack of books. So how, how Heath Robinson is that? We'll, we'll just have to see how well it works out. Now, back to the movie. Uh, no One Lives. Yeah, the extremely long shower scene. Uh, yeah, uh, exploitative. I can deal with. Prurient. Um, gratuitous. Fine. But no, the reason they had this really long shower scene um, is that so some of the plot could play itself out in one of the other rooms. Well, the other room. That's the only reason that shower scene seems to go on for two and a half days. Um, I mean, no one really needs to be that clean. I'm surprised the lady didn't dissolve. But there you are. Um, I have written in my notes, uh, duh, so I thought I'd share that one. Uh, still, pretty good schlock. Uh, right, and on to TV. So, Orphan Black, season one, 2013, has now come to an end. Complete kudos to the great Tatiana Maslany, who plays a bunch of clones. Sarah, Sarah Manning, a grifter, Elizabeth Beth Childs, a bent cop, uh, Alison Hendricks, an uptight soccer mum, Cosima Nyhouse, a geeky gay biologist, and Helena, a psychopathic serial killer. Now, talk about nature versus nurture. Uh, it's explored to a, a ridiculously... Uh, ridiculous degree, or fascinating degree, it's brilliant the way they've done this. Um, should also mention Jordan Gavaris, who plays her camp crooked and very funny foster brother Felix Dawkins. Dawkins, get it? Uh, the series finale ends in a surprisingly topical manner, and if if you think we've got copyright issues now, just wait and see where this could ultimately lead. Uh, sorry, no spoilers, you'll have to see it for yourself, but, you know, given with what I've just said, you can guess what that's all about. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, kudos to uh, Tatiana Maslany. Uh, she's managed to, managed to play a whole bunch of completely, utterly different characters, and she does it convincingly. I'm now to the point where I don't think, oh, that's her playing someone else. I now, I, I've now associated all these different characters that this one actress plays with different actresses she's uh, she's she's managed to convince me that these are di completely different people amazing um hopefully she'll get an award for her acting which is excellent so uh next uh the king in the car park right this is old chestnuts for most people um it's uh, a few months old, 2013, Channel 4 documentary about Richard III apparently found in a car park. Now, given that I consider Shakespeare's villainous version of Richard III to be the bee's knees, you know how I love a schlocky, violent pulp after all, I found the programme to be absolutely fascinating. If you haven't seen it and are a history or mystery buff, uh, or, or even a horror buff, or even Quentin Tarantino fan, probably. Go and see this online. 
it is excellent. It should be, hopefully, still on channel 4 on, sorry, 4 OD, 4 on demand. Uh, it'll be a tragedy if they've already removed it. So, Warehouse uh, 13, Season 4. Um, well, the Warehouse 13 team are back. Um, warehouse 13, uh, general synopsis, it's about a warehouse um, that contains all the dangerous and magical artifacts in the world. Um, a team of collectors goes out and uh, retrieves these dangerous objects before they can do any harm. Um, that's the basics. Uh, fairly funny, steampunky sci-fi show. Um, so one of the, the main one of the main characters, Artie, is back and he is no longer evil. And we're now returning to a semblance of one-off episodes with uh, less emphasis, I hope, on long, boring story arcs. Um, sometimes it works, but like with a conspiracy uh, arc in the X-Files, but uh, sometimes it doesn't and it gets a bit irritating. Um, Warehouse 13, uh, more of the latter-day modern Doctor Who's, uh, the story arcs suck. Um, Okay, and on to books. At the moment, um, I really don't have time to read anything at all because I've got my own reading, uh, sorry, writing to do. Um, I have returned every fiction book um, that I borrowed to the library, and now the only thing I have is unseen academicals uh, because Terry Pratchett's writing is so different to my own. It's nice to. Um, uh, just kick back and read something so different and amusing. Um, let's see. Um, right, so that's it for books this week. Yeah, short, sweet. Um, I am enjoying Unseen Academicals too, uh, but then, you know, Terry Pratchett's an easy author to enjoy. Uh, next, kid, it, uh, we'll go straight on to comics. Uh, rather graphic novels. Got two to talk about this week, both Morrison's. Um, Kid Eternity 1991. Right, uh, from the get-go, what I find annoying about Kid Eternity, or the Kid Eternity reboot of an older DC uh, property, um, is that Kid Eternity actually looks like a younger Morrison in his music days. Oh, well, wait a minute, uh, this is 1991, so maybe Morrison still had hair then. I have the same problem with uh, stories like Transmetropolitan um, and the main character, King Mob. Uh, they are all Morrison. Now, don't get me wrong, um, I like Weird, um, his uh, science, magic, psychedelia type stories, but I'm fed up with him doing an M. Night Shyamalan and putting himself in his own work. Um, actually, while we're on the subject of... Um, oh, wait a minute. Yep, yeah, sorry, lost my thread again there for a moment. High degree of professionalism. It oozes professionalism. I can see the BBC employing me immediately. Um, 
But yeah, anyway, um, like I said, I like uh, Morrison's weird storylines and highly original uh, storytelling. Um, but I hate him being in his own stories, or uh, someone who looks like him. Um, yeah, I mentioned King Mob. I, I do have a problem with this character, um, and it really bugs me. Um, um, situationalists are mentioned, um, and the situationalists regarded skinheads as the avant-garde of the working class. I mean, what is that pretentious nonsense all about anyway? To me, that sounds like middle school, oh, sorry, middle class art school fluff. Um, yes, I know he, Grant Morrison, is probably not like that at all, but that's the impression I get from reading some of his stuff. Um, I also get the impression that his, he, he was, or he is, well, he was from a long time back, already so famous that he could get away with writing that was fairly lazy and unfunny. Um, for instance, in Kid Eternity, uh, the main character is a highly, highly unfunny stand-up comedian. Um, I get the feeling this wasn't intentional either. He was supposed to be quite witty, uh, but he isn't. Um, it's so hard to write comedy anyway, so maybe that's the problem. Um, at least in the Kid Eternity comic book, though, oh, sorry, graphic novel trade, what have you, um, the artist does shoulder most of the burden of pizzazzing things up, which brings us to WE3. Um, WE3, uh, another graphic, graphic novel, 2005, another Morrison job. Um, completely different. Um, I picked this up at the library at a sale for 50 pence and even my mother's curious to read this <laughs> which which is high praise indeed um, what can I say it's a good touching fairly angry but hopeful exploration of man's treatment of animals it's very very light on words but heavy on filmic action packed graphics uh, so much so that it has been optioned for films for sorry for film twice, though there's no news of further development. Um, I suppose that it helps that the read books well, sorry the book reads like a ready-made film storyboard. Good stuff though, despite the minimum wordage, word age. Um, like I said, even my mum wants to read this. Uh, Morrison redeemed. I'm sure he's grateful that I said that. Um, so next, not strictly a nerd subject, but I've got a mini rant about Classic FM and XFM. Um, right, I hate the fact that they're pandering to a stereotype. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really sick to the back teeth of plummy, crumpet-eating, doily brigade that Classic FM appears solely to be catering to with their fake toff DJs. Uh, come on, I listen to Classic FM and you wouldn't mistake me for Miss Marble. Um, conversely, XFM are also guilty of this uh, from the other end of the spectrum. They give the impression that their DJs are all working-class heroes. Give me a break. Uh, you know, I bet my bottom dollar 
that there are quite a few little Lord Fauntleroy's uh, there lurking in the back of the XFM studios. Um, you know, I, let's vary the accents, vary the type of people, uh, the cultural background of the people presenting these shows. Um, so, next, uh, technology. Spoke to a friend the other day uh, on the phone, um, and this guy's a 20 year plus vet of the IT industry, and the bloke does not know how to sync his iPhone. Um, <laughs> if that's one uh, telling thing about iTunes, you know, uh, tells you something, doesn't it? If techies can't even figure it out, how can other people? Um, I remember Steve Jobs when he was uh, still alive mentioning that um, that iTunes was the best uh, software on Windows. I think that's just a barefaced lie. It, it's a terrible, terrible piece of software. Um, you and I both know it stinks, so come up with something better. Um, now, the iOS 7 the iOS 7 Beta. It's out. Uh, I've seen the previews and some of the reviews online. Not exactly groundbreaking. Um, makes me wonder how much they are paying Mr. Ives. Um, after such a long wait, you'd expect something spectacular, but it seems like a mere tweak of the existing iOS. And on to games. Uh, absolutely zero games news because I've been too busy to play. Uh, writing is now taking up every single spare minute. Toys. Again, not much to say. Uh, I've got to say though, every time I do leave, leave the house and end up in some shopping mall, I immediately go to, to the toy shops and end up fiddling around with the uh, Lego and Playmobil minifig sets. I really love that stuff. Actually, my, our local shopping centre, um, not long ago, uh, the Belfry in Redhill, um, they had life-size promotional Playmobil figs, and um, much to the discon... Uh, much to the annoyance, probably, of watching security staff, I did try and pick one up just to see you know, how much it weighed. Um, they're very light. I'm wondering where they come from. I'd love to have one in my own house. You know, a whole bunch of either, uh, well, Playmobil life-size figs just uh, standing around. <laughs> Possibly even Lego minifigs. They, they must do the big, big versions. I think they do, you know. I've seen them in Hamleys. Um, that would be quite nice to have in the house. Along with the giant cardboard cutouts you get of uh, movie uh, people in, um, you know, in the big multiplexes, surely, surely someone can donate uh, maybe uh, the Star Trek Into Darkness cast for me to put in my house. That'd be rather nice. Uh, actually, I could go on talking about this stuff for ages. You can see what's going to happen once I'm in permanent accommodation. The place is just going to fill up. Um, so that's it for toys. Uh, right, that's about it for the podcast. Um, I was going to review beautiful creatures 
in this edition, but I just didn't have the time, so that will be, surely that will be in the next podcast. Um, you know, thanks for listening. So this was the podcast of, whoops, the 18th of June 2013, Rise Rocket Radio episode 15. Thank you for listening and see you next week. Bye.